saying, Pastor, are you going to preach a resurrection message? <laughs> Everything that comes from God's word is a resurrection Amen. message. Amen. Matthew chapter 28, verse 1 through 6 is what we'll be reading. Matthew being the first gospel in the New Testament. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the woman, fear not ye. For I know that you seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here. For he is risen, as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay. You may be seated. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. I see where I was lost in the cares of this world, and now I'm found in the arms of Christ. I can see what is right and now understand what was wrong. I see what is good and understand what is bad. But I have no clear mind of what I'm doing. What I have a mind to do, I don't. What I hate is what I do. Ain't that about where we at? Matthew 28 is a very familiar passage of Scripture. And is read especially during this time of year. Back in the day, even though much of the world did not believe, they would still acknowledge and shut businesses down on Good Friday. Between the hours of 12 and 3, which coincides biblically with the 6th and the ninth hour. Anybody here remember when that happened? Yeah. On Sunday, out of respect, most stores were closed. It's either they were tired or they didn't have no more food and stuff to give out. But now, the world is run by greed. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And no one cares about what you believe. It is a time to merchandise you and get rich. But this morning, the word is titled, Has He Risen 
in you. And I want to subtitle that, Come and See. Come and See. But before you answer anything, before you decide to let something out of your mouth, let me ask this. Who is it that has risen in you? Who is it that has risen in you? When things happen, when different things occur, when certain people say certain things about you, when you, treat, when you are treated differently, someone's rising up in you. Amen, Carpet. Is it Christ or is it the Hulk that's being risen in you? What causes the light switch to go off? What, ha what triggers your flesh to do what it does? What is your limit? Just in case you didn't know, everyone knows where their limit is. They just don't let nobody know. But they know what that limit is. But what do you do when you get there? Do you let them have it? Oh, you know, we, we, we know how to let people have it with some unpleasurable words. Do you let them push your button? Or do you back off? Do you turn the other cheek? getting quiet or do you knock them down on their cheek let's be real everybody has a temper and that temper needs some work I don't care mine needs some work everybody knows somebody who can cause you to go off. Either on them or somebody else. But when that button is pushed, the steam comes out. The words come out. The action, even as all, if you take it out on the dog, somebody going to get it. I remember when my button was pushed at home. When I say home, I'm talking about when my mother was alive and I was in the house. And she would tell me something that I didn't want to hear or, or do something. She done pushed my button. I ain't no bigger than anybody. And I'd go back in the other room and close the door. <laughs> I'd go off on the door now. <laughs> door naps don't kick back. But everybody has an avenue of releasing that temper. But can you say greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world? 
Or is the world greater in you than Christ? When Jesus rose from the dead, between his death and when he rose, a lot of things happened and occurred. For us, between the death of the old man and the resurrection of the new man in you, there are a lot of things that will happen and occur. Some things will not be to your liking. But there must be a death before there can be a resurrection. You must permit the word you receive to mortify the flesh you have. In other words, you must die to self. You trust God and let God be true. When Jesus died, he did not sleep and wait for his resurrection. Look at 1 Peter chapter 3, 18 and 19, it says, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins. Yes, it was our sins that he suffered. Amen. The just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. It is only by Christ that we could be brought to God. Amen. Jesus was put to death for us, and now we must die to the flesh for him. Amen. Verse 19 says, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison. Those who needed a chance. Those who died who were worthy. He went and gave them a second chance. How many of y'all glad Jesus did what he did? Every hand in the house should be raised. Everybody online should be shouting. I'm so glad because if not, I'd be lost. Now, if you back up one chapter in Matthew 27, verse 25, verse, excuse me, 45 and 46. Before Jesus gave up the ghost, it says in verse 45, from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice. Those that did not know God or him, they thought he cried out for Elijah. They did not know what he was saying to God. Just like now, many don't know the real meaning of today. They still follow the Easter money. And, and saints, I'm going to say this. I believe the church has gotten off track. Amen. Amen. When they're eggs around the church for children to pick up and a rabbit didn't lay them. Mm. I ain't seen yet where a rabbit lays eggs. Amen. They're taking away from the real reason 
for this day. It's for the resurrection of the one that died for you and me. Ain't it look good? So, in verse 46, Jesus cried out, Eli, Eli. He was not crying out for Elijah as they thought. But he was saying, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He spoke in a language they did not understand. Just like God's word speaks to us in a language that the world don't understand. But you see, Jesus never experienced any type of separation from God. It was a big deal to leave the bosom of the Father and to be wrapped in human flesh. And now for God to turn from him when, when, when he carried our sins upon the cross, you see, Father could not look upon sin, not even when it was on his son. Jesus felt a separation that he did not like. Just like sometimes we feel separated from something and we don't like that separation. In, in Luke, it says that when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, it says he gave up the ghost. When Jesus gave up the ghost, it was finished. And God then moved and responded. Matthew 27, 52 said graves were open and many bodies of the saints which slept arose. But hear this, saints. It wasn't any in all graves, but those of the saints. And they did not rise until after his resurrection. Look at Revelation 1 and 5. It said, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Salvation could not be or come until after he was risen. Jesus was the first. Jesus had to show us the way. Jesus had to pay the ransom in full. Jesus had to be able to tell the grave to loose them and let them go. When Jesus rose, what needed to be covered was covered. What needed to be cleansed was cleansed. Now let me ask this. How many have ever spilled something potent? And no matter what you did, no matter what you cleaned it with, 
no matter what you put on it, it still bleed it through. Just like ink on a wall, paint won't cover it. You got to find something to, to eliminate what is there. That's what sin is. Sin is potent. No matter what you do, it bleeds through. The blood of animals only lasted for a year. But the blood of Jesus moved the impossible stain. God's love covered a multitude because of Jesus. What is the world seeing in you? Are they seeing the resurrection of Christ in you? Or are they seeing the resurrection of you without Christ? Let's, let's look at what was made known to Micaiah again. First King. Chapter 22. Starting at verse 19. And, and, and please read the entire, tap, entire chapter at a later date. That you may get the full impact of what really took place. But beginning at 19, it says, And he said, Hear thou therefore the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, and all the host of heaven standing by him on his right hand and on his left. And the Lord said, Who shall persuade Ahab that he may go up and fall at Ramel Gilead? And one said, on this what manner, and another said on that manner. You see, there was a conversation going on in heaven. Who's going to persuade the prophets? It makes you wonder where some of the things the prophets and politicians are getting their information from today. Paul asked the Galatians this, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? In verse 21, it says, And there came forth a spirit and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. And the Lord said unto him, Wherewith? And he said, I will go forth, and I will be a lion spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And he said, Thou shalt persuade him and prevail also. Go forth and do so. You go on. The Spirit couldn't have done it without the permission. Amen. What is roaming around today are a lot of lying spirits. They're coming to persuade you. They come to whisper in your ear. The question is, is it your voice or someone else's voice that you're hearing? Or is it the voice of God? Did you know when water or something other than is boiled, if you allow it to boil long enough, what you see come to the surface are the impurities. When you hear the word of God, the word reveals and brings the impurities to the top. 
so we may deal with them. And, and say, I'm telling you, I think about it, and, 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 and what, what goes back to mine is when me and a brother was working on my car. He was flushing out the radiator. And so took the hose off, and he did what he was doing on this side. The antifreeze came up on me. And I turned, and some unchoice words that came from the deep downmost of wherever it was, I couldn't hold it, but it came out. The impurity was there, and it had to be flushed out. So what did I do? Repent. I didn't know that was there, but the Lord showed me. There's still some things that, and you know what? The Lord is showing every one of y'all. Yes, amen, amen. Huh? That's it. Husbands and wives, see what? Make each other mad. They didn't make you get mad. You got mad because you wanted to. Because that impurity was still there. Pushing buttons. Pushing buttons. Quit. When we receive the word of God, when we let God be true and every man a liar, we receive the power to overcome by faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But you must let it. You must allow it. Again, in Matthew, Jesus told Mary, go and tell his disciples he is risen from the dead. Mary, being in his presence, saw Jesus was risen. It was made known to him, to her. Even though it was not in the same form, she knew. In order for us to go and tell anyone, we must first see Jesus. Amen. And we must know he is risen in us. Amen. See, I can't go testifying because he's risen in you. He's got to be in me. Amen. But I want you to listen to these three words. They speak volume when he is risen in you. Come and see. Come and see. Can y'all say that with me? Come and see. Now give me some volume. Come and see. Say it like you mean it. Come and see. See, sometimes we, 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 don't, we, don't, we don't mean what we say. 
Genesis. There you go. I heard you, baby. Huh? Come and see. Now, two disciples heard Jesus speaking, and they followed him. Jesus asked them, what do you see? They asked, where do you dwell? So apparently they liked what they was hearing. So where do you dwell? Jesus said, come and see. Do people ask who is risen in you? And when they do, can you say, come and see? In John 1, 46, And Nathanael said unto him, Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip said, Come and see. Can any good thing come out of you? Can you say to them, come and see? Revelation 6, 1 says, And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, come and see. Verse 3, And when he had opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, come and see. In verse 5, and when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, come and see. Verse 7, and when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, come and see. When the seals were opened, the beasts were saying, come and see. When you receive Christ, is your book open? Are the angels shouting in heaven because one is born? You see, when a baby is born, people want to come and see. When you are born again, do others want to come and see? When you walk in Christ, you will not always have an answer. When you are approached, don't be afraid. Just tell them, come and see. Let's close. With John chapter 4. This Easter is the first Easter that you can be able to tell somebody, come and see. You may have not thought about it last week or last Easter, but now that you really know that Christ is in you, of truth, and you have been forgiven and found worthy, don't be afraid to tell your co-workers, your friends, even your enemies, come and see. John 4, 15. And again at your leisure, go to the beginning and read. But here Jesus was talking to a woman and told her that the water he gives you will never thirst again but it shall be in you a well of water springing up unto everlasting life. So in verse 15 the woman saith unto him, Sir give me this water that I may thirst not neither come hither to draw. I mean 
How many really, you just wish you would never thirst anymore? And that's what she was thinking about naturally. Give me this water so I, I ain't got to come to this well and be trying to draw some water out. That's work. Jesus didn't even respond at that point. But this is what he said. Jesus said unto her in verse 16, Go call thy husband and come hither. Believe me, she had no idea he was going to say that. Go, go, go. I'm asking you for water and you telling me to go, go, go get, get my husband. Well, when you are confronted with truth, what do you do? Don't think about what the woman be saying about what do you do when you're confronted with truth? Because there's truth here, and we're going to see what the truth is. When someone asks you, what are you doing? I, I'm going to say this. I think these are one, the, one of the first lies that we learn to talk, to say. When someone asks you, what are you doing? Your response is, nothing. If you ain't doing nothing, you're doing something. But the woman was honest. Verse 17, the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Did Jesus leave it there? He said, Jesus said unto her, thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands. And he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. And that saidest thou truly. I don't think she was expecting that either. Hey, look, I just asked you for some water. Huh? And now you done, you done gone, you done stepped all in my, my business and, and talked about my husbands that I ain't even got. When you come up for prayer, do you get a complete reason why you need prayer? Huh? Or do you stay, stay seated because you don't want to give up everything that you want in your prayer? I, I, I don't know. I, I come up with a prayer, and the first thing pastor do, he tell the congregation, this is what they want. But do you want deliverance? Do you want freedom? Or do you want to continue where you at? The woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Who do you perceive the person to be that speaks to you? Who do you perceive me to be? If you don't think deliverance can come, why come? Maybe that's why y'all won't come. Who do you think God speaks through today? Who do you think God uses to show you you? Hmm. When you are approached by someone, do you think they're just being nosy? 
I mean, sometimes, sometimes God puts a person on their heart, and they can see it. So, sometimes I can see it. Just like in saying prayer, the Lord is asking or, or wants to speak to somebody, and, and everybody just, I know it ain't me. And then somebody gets, gets pricked, saying, well, I, I need to go up. But the person the Lord is speaking to, they still sitting. But, but others, they say, I, I got to go up, I got to go up. And that person just, there's one more. But we want deliverance. And then you go home and you say, why didn't the Lord speak to me? <laughs> I told you about the story. About the man. Boat tilted over in the ocean. And he's crying out, Lord, save me. Save me. And the guy come by. In a rowboat. No, no, gone. I'm waiting on the Lord to deliver me. Cruise ship come by. No, 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 no. I'm waiting on God to deliver me. I'm, I, I, he's he's going he's to catch me up. National Guard with the helicopter come. No, no, no. You go ahead. I, the Lord is going to take me up. The man drowns, stands before the Lord. Lord, why didn't you deliver me? I sent a rowboat. I sent a cruise ship. And I sent a helicopter. And, and you didn't take none of them. God uses other vessels to help the stupid vessel. Huh? Amen. Yes, yes, Lord. How many, how many people has God sent to you to free you and you still? Huh? Lord, Lord, I need I need a ride. He sent a taxi cab. No, 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 no. Lord, I need a ride. He sent the Uber driver. No, no. I, I want I want the, the bus. God is trying to get our attention that we may be delivered from the cares of this world. So when you approach, do you think that person being nosy? Or do you simply tell them, mind your own business? And here, let me reverse that. And when you speak to people with the same language they use, who do men perceive you to be? You see, the Samaritan said in verse 20, 
our fathers worship in the, this mountain, and you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Who would have believed the time would come when people would not worship God as they should today? It used to be on Easter Sunday, there would be standing room only. Today you can select your seat just before service. Listen to what Jesus says next. Verse 22. You worship, you know not what. We know what we worship. For salvation is of the Jews. Man has no idea what or who he worships anymore. He does not know God. He does not seek God. Therefore, his worship is not in spirit and in truth. What is rising up in him is not Father God. The world needs the children of God to show them and say to them, come and see. Jesus told the woman in 23, but the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is looking for a people that will praise him today. God is looking for a people that will let God be true. God is looking for a people that will Deny themselves. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman said unto him, I know that Messiah is coming, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus said unto her, I that I that speak unto thee am he. I am the one you're looking for. If the world would not have received this, or should I say, if the world would have received this then and knew that Jesus was the Christ, they would have not crucified him. Well, today, what the world and many don't see is Jesus is the Son of God, has already come, and you crucified him. If they knew, they would not be doing what they're doing today and acting the way they're acting today. We must tell this dying world by our chaste conversation, come and see him now. And upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman, yet no man asked, what seekest thou? Or why talkest thou with her? The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and said to them, No, she, had, she came looking for this water, but now after she done got the true living water, she left the water pot. Amen. 
That ain't the drink he was talking about. But she said at 29, come see a man which told me all things that I ever did. Is not this the Christ? Is there anybody in here that actually will say, come see a man who told me all that I did? And you know what you do? What I did is not important. And actually, most of them know what you did and what you're doing. Come see a man. Come see a man. Whatever you may have done, whatever your situation may have been, whatever has risen in you in the past, go and begin to tell the dying world, come see this man. Come see a man who can save, who can deliver, who can forgive, who can cleanse you from anything you have done. With that, saints, my time is up. And I thank you for your...